Welcome to The Procurement Show. Hello and welcome to The Procurement Show, the show that tackles the topics we all need to think about and sets out to explore the more interesting bits of procurement. I'm Jonathan O'Brien. And I'm Paul Philpott. And I thought this week we'd do something a little bit different, Paul, because... Oh dear. And you've got no idea what we're about to do. I know you've got a hint that it's going to be a bit different. But I thought we'd talk about communicating procurement. Right, yes. And you are an expert in communication, so we record this podcast here in Plymouth at Fresh Air Studios, the famous Fresh Air Studios here in Plymouth, which is home to many of the big names who record stuff. In fact, only today, earlier in this very seat, we had French and Saunders yes. recording their podcast, yes. Titting About, mm-hmm. which is a bit like this podcast in a very different way. <laughs> you decide which one you'd rather listen to. Same concept, different subject matter. Absolutely. Really, yes. The Procurement Show is brought to you by Positive Purchasing. Enabling the future of procurement in organisations around the globe. So you know about communication and with the companies that I work with around the world, we end up with this tremendous need for procurement to be able to communicate itself better. And it's not very good at doing that. And it needs to communicate itself just in terms of what it's there to do, but Mm -hmm. also to gain traction. You know, we've talked about category management and sustainability on this podcast a lot. And those things rely on cross-functional working, on procurement teams being able to engage with the rest of the business, get people aligned to some sort of common purpose, Mm -hmm. some sort of common aim, get them working together to deliver an outcome. And to be honest, procurement teams are not very good at doing this. So I thought it would be good for you and I to talk about how procurement teams can be really, really good at communication. I think it's fair to say for a start that there is a disconnect between procurement and the rest of the organisation or the rest of the business, whichever term you want to use. And I think that's come to light in various discussions that we've had, particularly Mm -hmm. with guests throughout the episodes of the procurement show. Well, let's pick up on that image thing. Yeah. Because it does have an image problem. And I think one of that image problem comes from the perception of what procurement is. And there's still this legacy perception. Because on this show, we talk Mm. about the strategic aspect of procurement and how procurement can help an organization achieve its value, its objectives through using things like category management, supplier relationship management, driving sustainability in the supply chain. But to many in organizations, procurement is still the function that buys stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, in an extreme case, it's the function that buys the pencils. And many organizations just haven't managed to shake off that perception. And with that comes the kind of legacy stuff of procurement being tactical, of getting in the way, of interfering, of stopping the rest of the business getting on and doing what it needs to do. So it's kind of battling with that legacy, not in all organizations. There are some organizations where procurement is really managed to lead the charge and change things and everybody sees the value but it's still that legacy negative view that organizations have i think you hit the nail on the head there i think it's fair to say that in many organizations procurement has an image problem mm-hmm. yeah it's seen as a department that gets in the way mm-hmm. of progress not a department that can be utilized in order to move the business forward when i work with clients and they want to bring us on board to help solve a communication problem like for example help a CEO talk about strategic communication to help their personal brand or their objectives within an organization. The team that I talk to within internal comms, for example, Mm. say, oh, we just need to get you added to our authorized providers list, you know, as an authorized supplier. But I've got to deal with procurement over that. And it might take a while. And I said, well, how long does that normally take? And they'll come back and they'll say something, oh, two to three months if we're lucky. Mm. And I think that's a typical example of where the procurement 
procurement team is seen to be not a facilitator, but an administrator that gets in the way. And I would like to know how, particularly having worked and having met procurement experts through the procurement show, Mm. having realised that these people Mm. are normal, everyday human beings who have a passion for what they do. They want to better an organisation. They want to see an organisation move forward. They want to see an organisation solve some of the problems that it has, for example, improving their environmental impact through better procurement. They want all these things to work, yet I don't think the rest of an organisation sees it that way, particularly if an organisation is very old school and they've got that silo approach, the top-down method of communication. There's no communication flow from the bottom up. There's no demonstration of passion and belief and one-team focus, which most organisations who are trying to battle that silo mentality are moving towards. And many of the things that you say are absolutely right. I've seen that. And I battle with that in the companies that we do business with and we have to go through an approach. And there's a number of dynamics at play. One is the world is moving to enterprise resource planning systems, Mm. going over to the big systems that take care of transactions and onboarding and things like that. To be really blunt, those systems are still quite basic and organizations aren't very good at implementing them. So you create this layer of bureaucracy, which doesn't help. The second thing within that is not all organizations are the same here. So on the one hand, you've got this kind of trying to keep things going in terms of being able to buy stuff, Mm -hmm. the, the very basic tactical role. And then you've got the strategic level of what procurement's trying to do to be able to enable the organization to achieve its goals, which is the stuff that we're interested in. But you can't do that strategic stuff unless you can effectively engage with the entire organization. So you're then battling against some of this historic stuff. So when I work with teams and we're perhaps thinking about how do you be good at category management? How do you be good at being able to get the business to have an aligned approach to engaging with your suppliers? Then the sort of things that procurement teams go to is, okay, let's send an email out to everybody. Let's Mm. tell people about the project that we're doing. Let's put it in our corporate newsletter. Mm -hmm. And those are good things, but I don't think we're really tackling the big story of how do you make procurement communicate better? So there's a thing about what's the message we're trying to tell people, which organizations have got to get right. I agree with what you're saying, but how do you do that? So if I brought you in, to say, look, going to bring you into this big company because hmm. Paul is an expert on communication. What would you do? Where would you start? I think procurement needs to find, and it's different for every organisation, but I think procurement departments need to find their personality. Ah, interesting. They need to discover what their persona is mm-hmm. and they need to do what any marketing and communications department would look at for the business as a whole, mm. but for themselves as a key element of an organisation. So what is our tone of voice? How are we communicating to the rest of the organization what we do and are we communicating to that organization on a level that it can understand Mm -hmm. and you know you've written books that go into a huge amount of detail with regards to what procurement does and there's definitely a procurement speak but that language that way of communicating is very much one that is unique to procurement I think and that's probably where part of the disconnect lies in that the organization the rest of the business they don't 
don't get procurement because they're just in that department. I think they need to be better involved, better engaged and communicate with the rest of an organisation and be quite forthcoming about it and quite forceful about it. We have facilitated this, but even better still, Mm -hmm. we can help you achieve these objectives too. You hit on something there because we can help you achieve those objectives too. So there is a thing here that if you're an engineer, if you're a marketeer, if you're a scientist, if you're working in operations, when you learn to be that person, you don't do a procurement 101. You don't do a kind of, here are the basics of procurement. So procurement people get very concerned because the rest of the business then goes off and engages with suppliers. And suppliers love that because you can kind of divide and conquer and just keep procurement out of it. If you can establish a relationship with the designer, with the operations team, with the marketing team, so you've got that direct relationship, they know what they want, you're the only supplier that can provide that because, hey, we've suddenly differentiated in some way. It's a slam dunk. You know, procurement have got no power whatsoever. So you're playing this battle where procurement is trying to maintain its position in the organization whilst the rest of the organization is fighting against it and the suppliers are kind of encouraging it. Yes. So how we can help you, that's a real interesting take on it. I think there's a step before that for me, which is how can we educate you as to the kind of big bear traps here that are unseen? Mm. And many of the organizations that I've worked with, we've kind of done things like a simple bit of training for everybody in the business. You know, this is what procurement is. These are the things to do and not do. And people kind of get it. But you have to go through that pain of educating everybody, doing a basic bit of training with them. Now, that feels like a big effort to be able to say, actually, procurement's not buying stuff and don't charge off and agree things with the suppliers. Understand the dynamics here. So I guess it's a long-winded way of saying, should you be educating everybody or is there a simple way of communicating the importance of engaging in a particular way in a different way. I think often procurement departments should be given a seat at the table yeah. at a very early stage within a project, and they're not. That's clear. Yeah. They want to be, though. Well, are they saying they want to be? Yeah. This is the thing. This is the problem, isn't it? That you say that, you know, procurement departments yeah. want to have that seat at the table, but are they actually saying to the people that need to invite them, you're having a party yeah. this weekend to talk about the new so-and-so that you're launching or having an ideas brainstorm, ideas shower, whatever you want to call it. Why aren't we? part of this from the get-go. You've got some people within the world of procurement who are actually surprisingly creative individuals and they Mm. know an awful lot about what they do, especially if, for example, you have an organisation that works on the concept of category management. Mm -hmm. So you've basically got access to experts. You've got people that buy, research, investigate and interview suppliers within very definite areas of whatever it is your organisation is manufacturing or producing or Mm. whatever the case may be there's knowledge there that's untapped yeah and for somebody who before working with you on the procurement show i view procurement as being a dull topic of something that's quite you know mundane and again it's just something you have to deal with eventually when you're working in or for a business but that's not the case so how we fix it i think somebody's got to go first Somebody's got to make the first move. I don't think, unfortunately, that move is going to come from outside of procurement. I think procurement needs to be a bit more gung-ho and actually put itself out there. The Procurement Show. Exploring the more interesting bits about procurement. And now, the Procurement Fun Fact. This edition's exciting tale of preposterous procurement, bizarre buying, or simply saucy sourcing. 
And now it's time for our procurement fun fact, which today I'm going to hand over to Paul to do a procurement fun fact all about communication. And this is a true story of how it nearly went terribly wrong. The chief executive for a large service company, who shall remain nameless for obvious reasons, wanted to produce an exciting announcement for the city about their financial results, but was rather ill-prepared. Upon stating their end-of-year results, wiped over £2 billion off their figures and got various other headline statistics wrong. Thanks to the head of communications who noticed these errors just before the interview was due to be released to the city and a well-archived set of previous audio and interviews and some genius editing, all the figures were eventually put correct using clips from previous interviews and a good example of copy and paste. The Procurement Fun Fact Contact us by email, hello at theprocurementshow.com. Send us a tweet at Procurement Show or connect with us on LinkedIn. Search for The Procurement Show. Do they need brand managers? Is this like a yeah. mini marketing exercise? As they, I said earlier. Say, we need to recruit a Paul to actually take control of our marketing. Now, a small company can't do that. But, you know, some of the organizations I work with, the procurement teams, 300, 400 strong around the world, and they don't have any dedicated comms. No, but in an organization, a business of that size, there's a really good argument to have a strategic internal communications yeah. process that looks at not just procurement, but all departments within an organization and how everyone slots together and becomes part of a team player, part of the bigger team. How would you justify that, though? So, you know, you're the CPO of an organisation and you've just listened to this, the Procurement Show episode, saying, you know, you need to get a comms manager. Hmm. How do you then justify bringing in somebody? What's the win, what's the outcome of having a dedicated communications approach to the procurement function? Well, streamlining of communication, it's an important thing that lubricates the machine, isn't it? Mm -hmm. If everybody knows how things should work and everybody is you know on board on brand they all know what a company's objectives are they have respect within an organization that will inevitably affect your bottom line especially when we're talking about engaging with procurement mm -hmm. so if we solve this communication problem and procurement aren't seen as being a <laughs> the brick wall yeah. and they are seen as being a department that you have to engage with early at the very seed of an idea or whatever it is you're working on then that will improve efficiency that will improve the whole buying chain that's what procurement are there yeah. to do so are you saying that instead of having to educate the business to put the entire business through a procurement awareness module that we could not do that but good communication would be able to tell people what procurement was really about the value of engaging well, in yeah because way. there is an argument and you've put it forward in numerous books when you talk about case studies and examples we are all buyers mm -hmm. we all have to do in our everyday lives a certain amount of procurement i think that's enough to understand the importance every yeah. time you go to the supermarket you're turning into a procurement person i think that's enough for people to understand and respect the role but they don't need to know the ins and out because at the end of the day that's your job so where do we start with this get everyone to listen to the procurement show for a start well, of course that's a done thing <laughs> everybody does that anyway don't they who wouldn't listen exactly where do we start it's a very good question i think it does need to start with the procurement teams it needs to start with improving the brand image of procurement so let's do this personality thing mm. you said start with the personality what's yes. the personality of procurement and when you said that it was a really odd thing happened in my head the idea that procurement 
can have a personality, mm. which I've never thought of before. It's just seemed crazy. But of course, a brand has a personality. I think it organizations does. work really hard to give an identity and a personality. How do you create the personality and the identity for your procurement function? Now, I'm thinking about some of the teams I work with, and I can't quite get that exciting kind of thing that goes with the identity of that procurement function. So there's a bit of a leap there to give it a personality. I've got a very exciting attribute that I would immediately apply to a procurement team that's worth its sweat in gold, and that is problem solver. Okay. That is a really keen attribute. Where you source something how you get something done sustainably yes ticking all those boxes and of course you know inevitably bringing it on time on budget is probably the biggest problem you have to solve and that goes through procurement so if procurement professionals can market themselves as experienced problem solvers brilliant so there's two bits there then isn't there so there's the personality yes and then there is is human how we help why we're there what we do how we help which is the problem Mm -hmm. solving and there's probably a whole bunch of other things there as well, adding value, bringing innovation. And one of the key things right now, and never before has there been such a good time for procurement to be stepping up, it's not about well, stopping about savings prior to COVID. It's about how do you get the next generation of value? How do you get security of supply in the future? How do you make your supply chain sustainable? How do you understand the emissions in the supply chains before you can even do that? So the call on procurement has never been stronger. What we'd somehow need to do is figure out how procurement can engage with the rest of the organization and get the rest of the organization following along with them. Well, I mean, look at at a simple level. You've gone into some massive, massive international global brands. Mm. And you've probably seen their internal magazines, for example. Is procurement featured within these magazines? When we do particular projects, we talk about doing that, but we typically have to work hard. So if I work with a procurement function, we'll think about how you plan your communication. Mm. So we'll do stakeholder mapping. We'll do some sort of comms plan. And when we talk about how we're going to do this, what are the channels? People will say, we'll send emails to everybody. We'll get something in the company magazine. Uh, We'll put something on the company intranet if it still has Mm. one. So people do those things. I don't see it done well. To be honest, many companies have gone away from having a physical magazine. It's another thing these days. I use that term loosely. I mean, any communications channel will very rarely have a special guest on from procurement. Yeah, but most of them are quite dull. Yeah. You know, procurement has done this and it's done this and it did this and the outcome was this. And you kind of don't really get past the first couple of sentences because you think, oh, my goodness me, is there something more interesting in this? But the thing is, the story is interesting. When you talk about problem solving and you talk about how procurement can unlock innovation and can help drive sustainability in supply chains. That's exciting stuff. But I don't think procurement functions in general terms have the skills or the know-how to know how to do it. So if you've got some of those corporate tools, how do you structure your comms to be really, really exciting? What do you do? I think you need to focus again on that personality. Your background is obviously procurement, but also broadcasting. It is, yeah. You've done radio, Mm -hmm. TV, you've written for the press. You know about the art of verbal communication, you know about emotion, you know about how to engage with an audience. Now, those skills 
seem to not exist within procurement. But mm. mind mm. you, we've never had a dull guest on the show. No, that's true. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's encouraging those within procurement to actually allow their personalities to come through. Yeah. To not feel the need to slot themselves into the typical role of a procurement professional or procurement officer or whatever yeah. their job title is. They mustn't be scared to show that they have a passion, that they have a belief and yeah. a real enthusiasm for their subject matter. So there is a, nothing wrong with that a personality thing, just in terms of the personality of the function, but of the individual. So I'm thinking about some of the teams I work with and the conversations I have with the head of procurement, the CPO will be pick the person who's good at communicating. They may not be in that role, but give them the responsibility to head up your comms for this category project, for this supplier project, for the function. Get them to engage with corporate comms teams within the organization so you can use those resources. But it does seem that some people are naturally good at being able to communicate and others not so. So there seems to be something here that you've got to have somebody heading this up who gets communication and can then say, okay, so what's the personality of the function? You know, who are we? Mm. How do we project ourselves internally? And when you get this right you can actually allow it to break the fourth wall and reach outside of the organization. Businesses that do this very, very well are able to engage with the local community through procurement. And I've seen some really good examples where big firms have arranged meet the buyer events. For example, Mm -hmm. say we've got a business that's close to where we're based in Devon in the UK and they're in military and defence. And they have to buy a lot of various different things. And they perhaps don't know about the talent and the abilities and the marketplace that's probably actually on their own doorstep. So they hold the occasional meet the buyer event, which is aimed at small to medium sized enterprises. It's come in, meet the procurement professionals, tell us what you do. And you never know, we might actually have a need for you even though we didn't know we had a need for you. And that is where, done well, the procurement department can actually fly the flag for the business, fly the flag for that brand. And the brand perception within the business community of wherever you are based can be raised because you've got an engaging, an informative, a welcoming, a warming procurement department who want to know what you can offer them. And that helps with sustainability and diversity and meeting targets like that. It's time to Ask Jonathan. Oh yes, and now it's time for Ask Jonathan. And today's Ask Jonathan comes from... I don't know. Today's Ask Jonathan comes from Jonathan O'Brien, age seven and a half, who says, Dear Paul... Oh. (laughs) You said earlier... Yes. ...that procurement needs a personality. If it were going to have a personality and you had to describe that personality as an animal, what animal would it be? Oh... I'm going to say a dog. A dog. Yeah. Any particular breed of dog? A Labrador or a Spaniel. Mm -hmm. Loyal. Loyal. Engaging. Well-trained. Yeah. Is cuddly. Yeah. Cuddly in a crisis and will always smell out a decent deal. It seemed like such a good idea at the start of that feature. (laughs) To do a dog. (laughs) I think my judgment may have been slightly misplaced there. Ask Jonathan. Email your question to jonathan at theprocurementshow.com. You might be part of the next show. The Procurement Show. The latest thinking, the greatest insights. Can we talk about some of the methods of communication, some of the channels? Because we've mentioned some of the traditional ones like magazines and emails and and intranets and things like that. 
they all feel a little bit old-fashioned right now. Yes, fair to say. And you, I know that you are involved in some absolutely cutting-edge communication with stuff with some big global companies. Mm. What are the kind of exciting things, the modern things that maybe procurement functions could start doing? What are you doing? Well, coincidentally, one of the methods that has delivered the highest level of results has been producing podcasts for internal really? audiences. Wow. Yeah. Now, within the last three, four years, podcasts have really, really just skyrocketed as a concept. Everybody's doing it, which is not a problem. I'm not scared of that. I quite happily welcome everyone to try creating one for themselves because mm. it helps It helps me sell the professional angle. And we've been doing this for organisations for, gosh, 15 years now, before yep. podcasts actually had the phrase podcast. We called it internal radio shows or internal radio stations. And the good thing about using that method of communication is there isn't a camera in your face you are able to engage with an interviewee for example if i wanted to interview as the chief executive of an organization anywhere anytime it's very easy to arrange and the audience can engage with the program with the material on their terms they can listen to it in the car on the way between meetings on the train mm -hmm. put it on in the background just like you would with any radio station think of it as your own radio station that's probably the most successful way of communicating internally it's so damn simple and it's just so personal and because it's delivered in this audio only format you'll be surprised how many guests drop their guard and really allow their personality to come through because they don't feel threatened by this staged situation sure. of having a camera crew or even having somebody just writing down well you're going to twist my words aren't you if, uh, if I answer that question for your magazine no because we're going to use the very own words that you've used in this production that's been our most successful thing and you don't need a lot of kit to do I mean we're in a profession broadcast studio yeah. here but you know you can buy stuff online oh. for like a hundred dollars or something absolutely you can procure it for a very small sum and try it out and help buy into it yourself and engage yeah. with audio as a medium we do it professionally because we're often editing magazine programs which contain well literally like you mm. said about your yeah. internal magazine interviews with various different elements of the business procedural updates reporting on kpis an outside broadcast style interview from here all packed together as a magazine program for an organization we yeah. do one for one of the top five global banks and at the peak of communication we're probably doing four podcasts a week wow. for them because it really does work yeah but obviously the procurement show is a prime example of how a podcast can sound you know pretty good are there any other sort of channels so podcast is one of them mm -hmm. and that's exciting for many companies that would be something that they've just never done that internally maybe the corporate comms function has done something but procurement doing its own podcast mm. i don't know of one that's done that is what it, else there are a lot of examples of internal social media platforms yeah in fact, Facebook have released Facebook for Business, where you can subscribe to it and have a cut-down version of Facebook yep. simply to deploy within your own organisation. there's Yammer. You had Yammer as well, which is, I suppose, you could compare that to an internal version of Twitter. Yeah, and Microsoft Teams has kind of gone into that space. Yeah, now. I think there are a lot of different examples that do very much the same thing, but mm. it's about getting an organisation to become more socially engaged with itself, to open up a channel of communications so that people can share the successes 
is share the passion and share what they do. And my nephew's a telecommunications engineer. If he's had a particularly awkward install or he's had a particularly picturesque location, putting some phone lines up, he'll share an image of that. It's all about encouraging your team to buy into the business. At the end of the day, you spend a lot of your hours and every day working for an organization. You know, you might as well try and enjoy it. Yeah. I want to ask you, though, because you go into organizations and you talk procurement all the time. Surely you must experience frustrations like this, too. I do. And this is one of the areas that it's probably the most important thing, because when we teach procurement teams how to be good at procurement at the strategic level, so we're teaching category management or supplier relationship management, or we're teaching how you do sustainable procurement, all of those things require you to engage with the business, to form cross-functional teams, to be able to get to some outcome. Because remember, the suppliers don't belong to procurement. The suppliers are the organization's suppliers, and the things the organization buys isn't something procurement determines, it's determined by the organization. So procurement, like no other function, kind of runs across the entire business, which is why it's odd that it's a department, because it's actually the entire business. So when we do this, we talk about the importance of how are you going to do that engagement? Because you used the word earlier, it's silo organized in terms of comms, but it's silo organized, or most companies are silo organized in terms of structure and financial accountability. Mm -hmm. So that means you could almost put brick walls up between the different functions. So you have to get this lateral kind of breaking down the brick walls and just talking to people and literally just going and talking to functions, as well as creating this, I mean, we call it a sort of central message. You've introduced the idea of a personality, which takes it to another step. But the central message around just for this project, what are we trying to do? Why is it important? What do we need you to do? And just getting those things happening. And you wouldn't believe how alien that is because the starting point is usually I work in procurement, so I don't need to step outside of my department. And all the research I'm going to do, I'm going to do on this screen that's sitting in front of me. Well, of course, that isn't how it's done because the best procurement projects are the ones where the rest of the organization has been actively involved and has been part of a journey to get to a point that has shaken everything up, upset quite a few people along the way, but come to this really brilliant breakthrough solution that you're going to then go and implement. And I can't overemphasize how important the comms is, but procurement teams just don't grasp it. They Hmm. say, yep, that's a lovely tool. You've shown us how to do a stakeholder map and a communications plan, but they don't do it. Unless somebody says, I need you to do it. This is important. Unless somebody is saying you should do this, it's the most important thing. So yes, frustration, huge levels of frustration there. So at the (laughs) beginning of this podcast, I thought that procurement has an image problem. You probably don't disagree with me on that statement then. I completely agree with you. I think it has an image problem. I think most kind of forward-thinking, advanced senior procurement people would see that too, but perhaps lack the resources the know-how to be able to change it, which is why the thing about having your own comms person, because this skill set really isn't naturally found in procurement. Procurement just get on and do what they're supposed to be doing. I suppose it's almost like if you could have a comms person deployed to procurement. Yeah, if you did that, and I have seen it done, and the moment you parachute that person in and say, okay, what do we do? You know, let them kind of find their feet. They start doing wonderful things, and it's a game changer. But the idea of it is alien, which is why I ask you the question about how do you kind of make the business case for it? Because organizations wouldn't rush 
to have a full-time equivalent or even part of somebody's role assigned to that because they just wouldn't get the benefit. Well, yeah, sometimes you do find that when you talk about these concepts, it's put into the box of nice to have, yeah. <laughs> not realising the bigger picture and where it sits. I hope that things are going to change in the future, and I believe they will. And actually, we had this conversation a while ago. We were talking about a creative project, about the demographic of who you are working with within procurement. And it's probably changed within your training courses from having the typical procurement type person on the screen to this new young blood that's coming up. Are you confident that things are likely to change in the future as a result of that? I don't think we can be generalistic about this because there's such a wide spread of what's happening in organisations and in the forward thinking organisations, things will change significantly because I'm seeing some very talented teams emerging who are bringing lots of young individuals in who are not from procurement backgrounds and that's making a big difference. Actually bringing people in with different skill sets, bringing people in who know about data who are mathematicians who can begin to think about how are we going to think about digital for, for the future and that's changing things so the sort of traditional route through procurement I think is gone and actually what organizations need is people who are going to figure out what are we trying to do here and how do we bring kind of modern thinking to this so yes it's changing for those companies changing massively and then you've got all the others that are still kind of stuck in 1986 in terms of procurement yeah. and haven't really changed very much and wonder why you know they're still operating in a tactical way that isn't getting any sort of significant benefit for the organization and now is in a changing world but has no idea how to deal with it. I don't think it's all procurement's fault though. I think there are teams that are let down by what they have to work with. Yeah. Like for example software and methodologies yeah. and procedures. So software, we could have a whole podcast on this, hugely lacking, lots of brilliant little kind of beacons, but nothing joined up or connected, nothing that's going to change the game. So very embryonic in terms of digital enablement and procurement. But, you know, big opportunity if you can begin to join this stuff up. And also at a board level or still at executive level, few executives really get the potential that procurement can bring. And never before has that potential been so huge. So there's this real kind of understated and underachieving bit that has kind of dogged procurement for many years. And I've been very generalist about this because it depends. Yet massive, massive potential for those companies that are able to break out of that and figure out how we do it. I think comms is a key part of that. Whatever's going to happen, you've got to get the comms right. You've got to have a digital strategy. You've got to be doing sustainability. You've got to be figuring out security of supply. You've got to be thinking strategically and you've got to be doing comms. Three takeaways. Okay. I've got one. You need a personality. Yes. And you need a dedicated resource. Yes. you said that earlier. What's the third? Have a good editor, though. (laughs) 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 This is evil, because I was going to ask you for the three takeaways. I got in there first. The editor thing Um, is really quite exciting, because... Thinking about the words you use to communicate your message is key. And people don't know how to write copy or how to write headlines that grab people. And I think that's important. That's your language and tone of voice. Yeah. Another takeaway I would like to add Mm -hmm. to that is don't be afraid to speak up on behalf of procurement. In procurement or outside of procurement? As in, you're in procurement, don't be scared. Be evangelistic, you mean? Yeah, to actually 
put out there yeah. the good that you're doing. I know this relates yeah. back to the comms thing, but if you're in a procurement department, find out who publishes or creates the content within your organization and yeah. volunteer some put successes. It put yeah. it out there. I like that. Be evangelistic. Mm. So we kind of started this podcast. I said it would be a bit different. I'm not quite sure who interviewed who. Do I thank you or do you thank me? I think we thank each other. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to The Procurement Show. Contact us by email, hello at theprocurementshow.com. Connect with us on LinkedIn, search for The Procurement Show, and on Twitter at Procurement Show. Visit us at theprocurementshow.com. The Procurement Show is brought to you by Positive Purchasing. Enabling the future of procurement in organizations around the globe. Copyright Positive Purchasing. All rights reserved. Produced by Fresh Air Studios.